Well, good morning. <laughs> if you're uh, visiting us today, or you're uh, maybe even trying us out for the first time, this is a really great uh, time to be doing so, because um, as a church, we're going through our vision statements and uh, what we believe are core values that kind of glue us all together. Uh, we're talking about where we're aiming, what we want to achieve, why we exist even. Um, I'm guessing the stuff we look at today is from the Bible, so it's nothing particularly uh, unique, is it? It's probably what you'd find most churches are aiming at. But of course, as a, as a community, we've got our own flavor, our own way of doing things, so it feels a little bit different, maybe looks a bit different, but hopefully we're all going in the same direction because this is Jesus' goal for us. Last week... Um, Dan helped us explore the first part of our vision. Um, unlike other places that have a really catchy one strapline vision, um, ours is quite wordy. Three, in fact, quite long sentences, uh, which get shortened to up, in, out. Um, and I was saying to Dan this week, oh, the in bit. I finally get it. <laughs> if I'm finally getting it, my life. So that's good. So hopefully by the end of today, we'll all be together going, oh yeah, brilliant. And then we'll all be able to go up, in, out by the end and understand that in bit really well. So last week, Dan did the first bit of the vision to be growing upwards towards God. Nice and simple, isn't it? Um, up towards God. Obviously, that's what we want to do, isn't it? As Christians, we want to be growing closer to God. And we used it up. Dan looked um, from the book of Ephesians, written by one of the very uh, first church leaders. He wrote a letter to a, um, um, a church in Ephesus, and he wrote to them, encouraging them and teaching them. So we're sneakily looking into that to see what he had to say. And Dan gave us three pictures that um, Paul uses. Firstly, family, the family picture, that those that follow Jesus are part of a family. Secondly, that those that follow Jesus are being built into a dwelling place for him. So um, like the temple picture in the Old Testament, a place where God will be amongst them and in amongst them and with them. And thirdly, there's the picture of the body, isn't there? And this is that idea of every little part working together to do something. So you might find that you are an eye or an ear or even a toe. Okay, the toes are quite important, I think. Someone will tell me afterwards why. <laughs> so this week, we're going to dig a bit deeper into our vision. Um, and we're going to explore how Jesus' followers are supposed to do this together. And that's the important thing I want us to be thinking about, the together. What might that look like for us if we do that growing closer to Jesus together? So let's have a look. So 
our vision to be growing inwards with each other. That's the in. But underneath in dark, that's the real statement, okay? So if you go on the website and you have a really good look, you'll be able to read these again and see um, the expanded versions. And it says, to be a church that grows with one another in deeper community as we share in all that Jesus has done for us. Catchy, isn't it? <laughs> when I asked you, what was that again? You went, oh, it was easy. <laughs> and that's why we shorten it sometimes the up and the in and the out, okay? Because it is quite a lot to remember. So what we're going to do this morning, we're going to walk through this statement very slowly, splitting into three parts, okay? So we can remember it. Three different bits. So let's, let's just pray first now. Jesus, we acknowledge that you have said, I will build my church. It is your work, your reward, and your glory. So today, as we read your words, help us to grasp what you are doing in us as a community together. Amen. So, to start you off, what I want you to do is think of a time when you've been subjected to one of those team-building exercises, okay, whether that be at school or in your A-levels or university or on a team-building day with your workplace or when you're in the army or something like that, and um, think now of a really ridiculous one or a funny one or one that went wrong or um, something like that. So, have a little think. And if you have a good one... Just tell the person next to you quickly. <laughs> You're like, um. Okay, that'll do, that'll do. Right, I want you to hold that in your mind. Anybody, um, did anyone have a funny one? Was anyone told a funny one? More to the point. They are not funny, are they? (laughs) All right, well, I was hoping. Okay, so let's look at the first bit. A church that grows with one another um, that's the first bit, isn't it? A church that grows with one another. So hold that in your mind. Um, last week, Dan couldn't help but start touch on what with one another. Quite a few people said to me, Lou, did Dan just do your talk for next week? I was like, mm, I think he did. I've got nothing to add. <laughs> Because you can't talk in Jesus' church about growing unless you do it with each other. The individual just doesn't exist at all in Jesus' church. We're in that culture, aren't we, of independence right from reception when you're five or four and you've just started school. The one thing that's honored is like this independence, um, that you, something to be strived for, that you can do it on your own, no one will help you, and you have achieved something. 
And it's easy, isn't it, in the church to kind of absorb this a little bit. I mean, after all, we've got so much, haven't we? If we wanted to be church on our own, we've got the internet. We can listen to sermons. We can order ourselves some commentaries. We can, uh, you, you know, there's so much. We could watch some great worship happening and join in on our bedroom. Um, and that's all brilliant, isn't it? But it's not quite how Jesus sees the church. We almost sometimes find ourselves affirming people who say, oh, I'm a Christian, but I just don't really go, I don't go to church. I just sort of do it on my own. And we sort of almost say, oh, um, yeah, well, that's okay. Um, And then we sort of tag on the end, but it might be helpful if you went. But it's clear from scripture that when you become a follower of Jesus, you are automatically part of the church. You don't get an option. It's not an in or out thing. You are part of his church. Last week, Dan gave us some pictures, didn't he? The first one's up there. Um, He says about the temple. And Jesus said, I'll build my church. And we all know that a building block on its own is not a building It's just a block, isn't it? Another thing Jesus said, I'm the vine and you're the branches. He didn't say, I've got a big vineyard and you're all growing on your own nicely. No, he talked about a vine, one, and you are the branches. Oops. Okay, so let's look at the Bible. Let's have a little look. We're going to go back to Ephesians where Dan was last week. got to find it first and I always remember it as in people got different ways but A-E-I-O like in the the vowels so you've got A for Galatians and then E for Ephesians and if you want the page number to make it even easier you're going to find it on 1,175. That's 1,175. And we're going to read um, chapter 3, verse 17. But we're going to start halfway through the verse on the word and, and you'll see a capital letter. And this is what um, Paul says, and if you haven't opened your Bible, you can look up there. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know This love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. It's um, quite a mouthful, isn't it? There's lots of fullness and full and measure going on there. Very simply, the fullness of God is just we look like Jesus. Okay, that's your translation. It means we're full up with him. Imagine this glass of water. Okay, here it is. Um, I wish I put a jug now, but it's not quite full, is it? If I pull it to the top, then that's the picture that Paul's using, that we would be completely full of Jesus. Not, at the moment, I've probably got a drop just here, but 
Jesus wants us to be full to the brim of him. That's, that's the fullness we've got going on. Um, as full as we can be, of course, um, and look like Jesus, but, you know, we're still us. But before you start considering your own changing, because that's the one we naturally go to, isn't it? Oh, how am I doing? I'm just a drop, you know, poor me. Look at what it says. It says, together with all the Lord's holy people. Together with all the Lord's holy people. Can you see that? Together with, it says in there, all the saints, but the new version says all the Lord's holy people, because it's simple to understand that this might take place. God's way of growing us is together. It can only be achieved together. Um, In Hebrews, we read this. I'll bring, I've got it up for you, so you don't need to look. It says, um, these people who followed God were all commended for their faith. Yet none of them received what had been promised since God had planned something better for us so that only together with us would they be made perfect. Have you ever thought of that before? Only together. Well, when I think of my cup, did you notice the first thing I went to was I'm only a drop. But actually, God, he doesn't work like this. The glass is us, all of us. And how full we are is together, not just me. Okay, can you see that that little difference? Our God is relational, isn't he? Um, He's three, yet he's one. Um, It's togetherness like that that he wants us to be. Right, let's look at the second bit. A church that grows with one another, we've done that, in deeper community. So now we're going to read chapter 4 and it's verse 1 to 16. So it's quite a long bit and I haven't got it up there so you're going to have to follow. As a prisoner for the Lord then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bonds of peace. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. This is why it says, when he ascended on high, he led captives in his train and gave gifts to men. What does he ascended mean? Except that he also descended to the lower earthly regions. He who descended is the very one who ascended higher than all the heavens in order to fill the whole universe. It was he who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. See that again, the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we with all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. 
From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. Okay. So, as you read that, you could hear um, Paul was talking a lot about one, one this, one that, one, 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 one. It's a fact. We are a body. We've got one hope. We've got one family. We've got one baptism. We've got one father. One, one, one. It's a fact. God's picture is that fragmented humanity becomes one again. We only have to look at our world to see how broken it is and how fragmented it is and how everyone hates what is different to them and and wars and, oh, it's just not nice. So how is it, you might say, that if the church is united, if it is so full of this oneness, then there is so much evidence of exactly the opposite happening. Try thinking for a moment of churches that, you know, communities you can think of. Think of of one that you think expresses oneness really well. Now think of one that you think maybe struggles a bit to express oneness. We can probably think in that of churches that have split, won't work together. Have you ever been in that situation? Um, the one thing church is quite good at is actually fragmenting. <laughs> However, I want to say it's really encouraging being in Southampton, if you're new, the way that the church of Southampton work together. They pray together, they try to unite doing stuff together, like passion plays and putting on things. Local churches, even in our little area, get together monthly to pray and try to do events together and work together. So that is exciting. Um, At Portswood Church, um, if you're new or you want to find out a bit more, there's something called a belonging course. Um, and in the belonging course, um, we cover how the leadership might have an opinion on a certain issue, but we also recognize that on some issues, it's okay if you don't share that. We can still be part of a body. We can still have oneness. There are certain things that we can't, you know, like the Trinity. We're not going to compromise on that. But all the other stuff is okay. We're not going to, as they say, sweat the small stuff. We're not going to do that. And so when we meet on a Sunday, if you look around, we're quite diverse. We're different in ages. We've had different kind of traditional backgrounds. Some of us have come from very charismatic churches. Some of us have come from churches uh, which are very reformed and very calm and quiet, but we kind of meet this nice mush on a Sunday morning and God is slowly growing us into something a bit more beautiful. If you've been in Portsmouth a while, particularly if you've been there quite a long while, I wonder if you could think about how good we are at keeping our oneness. What is it, do you think, are our strengths? And we'll think a bit more about that in house groups this week. So it is a reality that churches do struggle to work together. It's also a reality 
that churches hopefully are getting better at it. That's the way it is of the Christian life, isn't it? When Jesus looks at us, he says, the church is one. The church is perfect. Because he sees the now and he sees the not yet. So at the moment, we might not look like that. But we can have full assurance that we will look like that. That is the now and the not yet. Let's look at the next bit. Verse 3. Chapter 4. It says, Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Make every effort. This is a great word, make every effort. It implies haste. Did you know that? Um, It's not like, oh, have a go if you feel like it. It's haste. It's passion. It's diligence. It's emphatic. You must make every effort possible to keep the unity. It's not supposed to be easy. Paul's not saying, it's a doddle. He's saying, make every effort. It's hard work. Look at verse 2. He gives a bit of advice. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another. Slowly, slowly. And in some cases, sometimes going backwards. We are making effort to build that unity. It's uh, in the church, isn't it, that we get our edges knocked off, as it were. This is the practice ground for out there. This is the bit where we do learn to build endurance. We do learn to be gentle. We learn to be patient. We are learning here. It's okay to do that. Just like if you're in a family, my children are learning what it means to be part of our family. Sometimes they're rude to each other. They, uh, they lie to each other and does. They sometimes whack each other with a big stick. Um, but they're still family. Nothing is going to change that. They are just learning how to do it at the moment. And that's us. We're learning. So when someone literally, not literally, but metaphorically whacks you with a stick, they're learning, okay? That's where we need to practice forgiveness and grace, bearing with one another in love. And I wonder if you reflect now and simply ask yourself, am I making every effort. Think about that in house group as well this week. Okay. Okay. But deeper community is not simply a support group. I want to add that in. And it's not simply understanding God's work better. It's learning. Learning to be as we reflect Jesus, which we've been talking about. But I want to put in a slight point here. It's not like the Borg, okay? (laughs) We're not uh, learning to be um, conformed, okay, so that we dress the same and we talk the same. God desires unity, not conformity. I think that's important. If you look in the passage in 7 to 11, you'll see that Jesus gives gifts to people, 
we have different roles to play. We've got different personalities, different passions, different characters, and we're all part working together. And I think God loves this. If you look at him, he is three in one. He's one and yet each bit is distinct. And if you look at creation, how diverse it is. If you start looking at the different species on how varied they are, and yet they've kind of got common things, haven't they, that hold them together. Um, You know it's a shark because of this. And yet if you look at sharks, they're all really different, aren't they? You can get a shark that's this big. We can get a shark that's going to eat you. But they're all a shark. And that's a similar sort of thing, isn't it? My house group was talking about this and we were, they, they mentioned Ultimate Hell Week. Anyone seen that? Nobody has seen it, except for you, Joe. <laughs> anyway, I'll tell you about this. It's like an army thing. 29 individuals start and over the course of the program, they are pushed beyond their physical and mental limits. Every 48 hours, the recruits are put through a set of challenges, each one designed to break them down and everyone more difficult than the last. And the thing, the comment they made was that certain characters or personalities just weren't suitable for this. They weren't going to last. And we were thinking that, you know, with God, he creates those different personalities and characters, and they are all suitable. He's going to, when you come across a challenge, you will approach it in the way that God has wired you to do it. And you will come out the, se- the other side looking more like the person that God has made you than you did before. It's not that you come out the, the other side looking bleh. He likes that, uh, that uniqueness, that difference, that thing, that diversity. He doesn't want drones at all. Um, we also thought a little bit about jazz. Joe's going to be, um, he's going to be struggling now because I'm probably going to say it wrong. But we were trying to think about how a band in jazz, they have different instruments and they appear to be playing completely different things. And yet, when they're all doing it together... They kind of make this nice sound. So we concluded that God also likes jazz. <laughs> so let's look at verse 12 and 13. We've all got these different things. But we're given these gifts to build each other up and to help each other grow more like Jesus. It says, so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. And in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And there it is again, the we. We reach unity. We are going to reach it. And notice really carefully that it says, until we all reach, we all reach that unity. It's no good having a gift and just using it for yourself. It's about everyone working together. We all reach unity together. Finally, verses 14 and 15. It says, then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every winds of teaching and by the cunning and craftiness of men in their deceitful scheming. 
a mature community. And that's what we're aiming for, to become mature. The fullness of Christ in us all together is strong. It's no good me on my own being strong. Yes, I am full of the fullness of Christ and I'm getting stronger every day. But as a community, we're like, we've got to be strong together in the power of the love of Jesus. We're using our gifts, our passions, our abilities, our uniqueness to build each other up. It talks about speaking the truth in love, verse 15. Speaking the truth in love. That's actually truthing in love. It's a weird expression, isn't it? Truthing in love. We're going to be truthing. And I think this is that we're true in what we do. We encourage one another. We're, um, we're saying, I want to remind you of that scripture that says this. Because you're struggling with that right now. But God has said this is going to happen. I want to just remind you today of what Jesus said about this. He's with you. He's for you. This is not, you are not doing the right thing. That's not true thing. That's not true thing, is it? No, it's coming alongside and saying, hey, guess what Jesus said about that? And I'm going to pray that for you. And I'm going to pray it over you. And I'm going to pray with you because I want you to get stronger so that together we might be filled with the fullness of Christ and not be like this, but be strong together as a team. It's like the team building exercises you thought of at the beginning. Remember, there's the one where, I don't know, you have to get across the lake, don't you? But you can't get across the lake unless you all get across the lake. Or those ones where you, you know, you have to, you have your feet on the wood and you're like, you have to go like this and everyone has to go like this. And if you don't, then it doesn't work. This is how God, you know, this is what Paul would have written, actually, if if he knew about this. He would have said it's like one of these. Okay, we have to be together using our unique strengths. And we know that in that team situation, suddenly, this is why they watch you, isn't it, for interviews. They're watching different people. So this person assumes the leadership and this person becomes a motivator. Yeah, we can do it. And this person over here becomes a like, yeah, we could do this, I think. And by the end, they're like joining in, having a great time. That's the picture, isn't it? We're all playing our part to build each other up. And I wonder what ways you see yourself working and helping others in the team to become more like Jesus. Because sometimes in that team, you can think, I don't really have a role. There's the leader. They can tell us what to do. But actually, we do have a role, don't we? We're just like, oh, you may carry me across the lake. (laughs) No, that's not what Jesus is saying here, is it? We have to all work together to build each other up. And finally, the last bit of our statement. So we've done a church that grows with one another in deeper community, and the final bit, as we share in all that Jesus has done for us. And that is the the important bit, I think. Because sometimes we start achieving. Sometimes we start to get things a little bit right. Sometimes we get a win. And it's so easy at that point to think, 
Aren't we doing well? Oh yeah, we're full. No, this is our guarding statement as we share in all that Jesus has done for us. It is what Jesus has done, not what we have achieved. What he's done. Okay, He gives us the gifts, doesn't he? He enables us. He is filling us. He is changing us. What Jesus has done. And I'm just thinking back to what Dan touched on a little bit last week in chapter 1, where Paul starts by talking about all that Jesus has done. He wants to get the church's head in the right frame first, looking at what Jesus has done. Because we've been adopted, we have a common father and inheritance. Because Jesus has been made alive in him, We have a common spirit at all to start filling us up. Because we've been created anew, we have a common purpose, a direction to go in to become more like him. Because we've been redeemed by Jesus' death on the cross, his sacrifice, we are now citizens, we are now family, we are now members of his household. Because he's given us gifts, we can use them to build each other up. Because he's given us his spirit, we are changing more like him daily. And that's the bit that just guards us in our statement, isn't it? We share in what Jesus has done for us. And I just want to say, thank goodness that there are no limits to what Jesus can do and who he can do it through. Amen. Hallelujah.